0: Hello everybody I'm Derek Arden and welcome to Monday Night Live, live and uncut podcast. Today I've got an old friend of ours, BBC guru, international speaker uh, and thoroughly good guy who understands economics and uh, some of us struggle with that, understanding what's going on. Justin Urquhart-Stewart, welcome to Monday Night Live, thank you so well, much for joining us. Derek, Just you thank you, you for asking me back. Yeah, you better tell us what's going on in the world, because we're all getting a bit confused <laughs> in January 2024. Can anyone,
1: can anyone make sense of it? I mean, it, really, it is really just like a sort of sort of Clive Cussler um, you know, novel. Um, how exciting can it get? Except this is not exciting. It's just actually frightening. Um, now, this is a classic example where we can all scare, you know, frighten ourselves, uh, really, to, to our wits' end. Um, by all the things that are going wrong. That's the political issues, whether it's the Hutus or any other elements of Ukraine and things like that. And I always find it fantastic when you've got this wall of bad news coming through, which is actually quite a regular uh, thing. And despite all of that, over the past few years, we've had COVID, we had a banking crisis and uh, inflationary issues, boats getting stuck in the Suez Canal. And yet, despite that, the global economy is still growing. Um, And, you know, it was half what it was four or five years ago. Um, So it is not say it's firm and solid or so, but it has shown actually how it can absorb an awful lot of punches, this capitalist system. Um, But it needs to be run very carefully. And we were talking a few minutes ago about the issue with regard to uh, making sure people do it, do the right thing Um, and not just coming out with the buzzwords of environmental, sustainable and governance. Uh, but actually proving that what you're doing is good business done the right way and giving people a choice. They will go to the ones that are actually providing that sort of facilities and services because they don't get they don't want to be dragged into the mud with anybody else. The trouble is, you can't always trust the companies that are actually uh, telling the truth. Anyway, we've got lots of investment companies in Britain, a lot of which are utterly useless. And one or two, I'm afraid, I tilt them to their face, have a habit of lying. Um, and there's one in particular who I shouldn't mention, uh, but they... Huge great uh, debate uh, and conference, and they stood up and said, "We don't charge for investment management." I was chairing the thing, and I said, said, "Interrupt him!" and said, "Yes, you do." And he said, "Oh, look, our fees are absolutely nothing." Actually, what happened, of course, was the individuals don't pay; it's the company that pays. (laughs) So I don't know. I shouldn't be rude about St. James's Place. Oh, sorry, there he goes. Um, And uh, so it's uh, you know companies in that position where they have a great responsibility um, to look after people's money, um, and it's not just a matter of, you can hear it said, how much money have you got, oh we've got X billion, no you haven't, you've got a nil, it's the clients who've got X billion, um, and you've got to treasure to look after that, and your success should be measured, uh, and your income should be med- measured on how you're doing in terms of investment, um, consistently, not just trying to do the, uh, the fashion fads, which come, as we you know, next year's tank top, but a classic example we had in the past two or three years, well a bit longer than that, and that was Woodford. Uh, UK mm-hmm. fund manager, ex-Invesco. Mm-hmm. And he got to the stage where as Invesco, um, he found himself stuck with a huge uh, ego. And so he left, because uh, people to put some money up for him, and has specialised in an equity income fund, which is fine or very well. Now, he and his ex-partner, they used to work together in, a uh, business partner, I mean, at uh, in Invesco, were running effectively the same portfolios. And they would discuss what they were doing. So you look at their portfolios, virtually identical, in FTSE 250 companies. So, what it actually meant is that they were probably controlling for a good number of them between 35 and 45% of the stock, wow. which meant they were the market. So, how come they were making money or they're going up in price? Well, of course, they're going up in price because any stock that's coming through, they buy, if they start buying it, other people follow it up. It, goes. it then also means they can't sell it um, because if they then sort of start pulling out it, then the whole thing deflates quite quickly. Yeah. Also, there's an equity income fund, uh, well-known uh, a company called Purple Bricks, who, uh, well, anyone outside the United Kingdom uh, wouldn't know who they were. And frankly, most people in Britain wouldn't know. But it's basically an online simplified estate agent, um, nice uh, concept for it. Um, and yet this company wasn't a public company, um, actually has never made a profit. And at the moment, his current plans can't actually see where the profit's coming from. And so he put that into his equity income fund. It wasn't tradable income, I've uh, tradable uh, stock, and it wasn't actually providing any income. But apart from that, it's fine. And so you people are being pulled into this because it's a story which sounds so good. And then you have a particular stockbroker, as um, uh, you have Hungry Slamsdown, who introduced a separate uh, uh, area where you could buy these fashionable funds. What's a separate area? Well, it's got an extra charge on it. So, you're being encouraged to actually go into these ones you didn't really know what you're investing in, but they've got a great track record, apparently. Um, and you can buy them through this particular broker and you get special service, which costs you an extra quarter to half percent. What? But this is greed, stupidity, and it's bad for the industry. It's awful for the, uh, for the clients because, apart of the else, they don't know what's going on. There is a room, a uh, uh, key issue for people is doing the right thing um and you know let's see, it takes a while to build up that reputation you're not just sitting there playing uh you know to the noughts and crosses or trying to pick on the next stock. it's a discipline it's a process and give people confidence that you're not going to be right every single time but over a, a period of time you can say we're going to be doing five six seven percent whatever level you a pitch so long as you think you can achieve that um so i fear we still have this short-term issue with investments like private equity and things like that Stockbrokers, who still, whether they can charge commission or not, varies. Uh, again, looking very short term. So longer term investment coming through. Uh, in the UK, we have been very bad at indeed. Um, and it's interesting. my last firm, 70% management, which uh, took me a long time to actually find the right buyer, uh, we ended up selling it to the lowest price. Um, and the reason being, they were the ones who had the right ethic. Uh, that was uh, Caledonia Investment. Um, and their uh, attitude to investing, average period of holding a uh, stock, was 15 years, wow. um, whereas if you look at uh, the private equity people, it's three years, but if you get it wrong, it's five years. Um, there was not a three-year cycle. Mm. Um, and I'm pleased to say actually now calendar has sold out to one of the Canadian pension funds, who also have a view of long-term steady investments. That's a reputation they've had, lived up to. I'm delighted, although I'm not part of it anymore, that it actually looks like it's, it's uh, find a good birth.
0: Good. Now you talked about trust. No like and trust is the rules, you know, in our business. Uh, uh, you got to know them, then you got to like them, then you got to trust them. I Did you mean
1: this, Elizabeth, Elizabeth trust?
0: <laughs> no, I feel, I feel that uh, that's deteriorated like mad recently. Post office, yeah. Um, yep. Trump. Goodness knows what else. What's uh, what's your view? Am I off? Am I off beam on that?
1: No, you're not. And it is really uh, deeply depressing, certainly in the United Kingdom, when you look what's happened post-Brexit. It doesn't matter what your views on Brexit are. Uh, We have just lost the confidence, the momentum. And when you look across our potential leaders, they are deeply unimpressive um, and have very little, uh, uh, not just market and investment experience, but they become the professional politicians. You do your PPE at Oxbridge or wherever. Um, you then get a, uh, you become a, a SPAD, special advisor to one of the MPs. Um, you then go in and get selected for seats you'll never win in the month of Sundays, but you bloody do, you've been bloodied, as far as they're concerned. And then you go in and get a seat which is safer, and that's you done. Well done. So what actually do you know how the economy works? What experience have you actually had at the sharp end and actually have running business? And running a business is waking up at three o'clock in the morning in a cold sweat, wondering if you've still got one. Um, and I'm afraid the politicians, when they say, and we're going to raise the minimum uh, wage, which is all very lawful, uh, laudable. But hang on, they're not paying the minimum wage. It's us people running the businesses who are paying the increased wage, and it may be justifiable. But how dare governments sit there and say, we've been able to increase their income. They haven't. But you've been, I uh, know you are just trying to get other people to do it for you. Be honest about it. And actually, share to show companies that show uh, companies and also voters that actually again there's room for doing the right thing responsibly, giving reasonable returns in the long term, long term period.
0: Let's have a quick whiz around the world with geopolitical
1: issues. Yeah. Can we, um, where we're we going to start in America? I suppose so. We start and finish there, don't we? Um, <laughs> and it is again, uh, it's a look of utter horror when you see uh, the Trump campaign going on. And it's nothing and I'm not imaginative because you actually listen to him talking, wondering, do you think there's a little scintilla of truth somewhere here? Um, and uh, so he is you know, a, a grifter of the first order. Uh, but that's uh, one thing. And then, of course, the opportunity of having a little sprightly Biden on the other side doesn't fill you with confidence either. Um, however, put them to one side. Actually, they don't run the economy. The American economy is run by, well, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Schmoe living in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, shopping at Walmart, and they own their house. And they, uh, I'm sure my colleagues will correct them, obviously in the States, but account for about 65% of the US economy. Now, if you upset Mr. and Mrs. Joe Schmo, you, the economy, and not just the American, but the world economy will feed it very quickly indeed. Um, and quite rightly, after the banking crisis, uh, the American authorities focused on the key area where you had to try and recover, and that was banking. Get banking in a position where, and I don't mean investment banking, I'm proper to trade, commercial banking, um, that people have access to uh, trading capital and being able to carry out their business in an efficient way, um, but as opposed to investment banking, which is a totally different philosophy. The problem I find we've got in this country is that we've taken away a lot of those, uh, and I say they sound old-fashioned, but disciplines of running money because people now have a, you know, have a punt on Bitcoin. And now we've got to the position where Bitcoin, and I think the uh, uh, regulators finally gave up, so it can now form an ETF, exchange-traded fund, a tracker. And so you're now going to be tracking something which does what? Nothing. <laughs> it, it is uh, incredibly volatile. The bit I always find quite funny is El Salvador for a very short while. We're going to try and replace their currency uh, with, uh, uh, with Bitcoin. Well, given that their previous currency was the colon, I'm slightly worrying. Um, I'm quite sure which is better.
0: Wow. So uh, we look forward to seeing all these elections. What about the UK? Keir Starmer sits next, sits behind me at uh, Arsenal. Um, he yeah. hasn't got a minder at the moment. Perhaps he's going to get one.
1: Uh, well, it looks like it, doesn't it? Because uh, it's not a matter of policies. I don't think uh, frankly, the Conservatives have got an idea that if you give people a short term tax break, that's going to get your vote. No, because the one word that runs the economy, I go back to Mr. And Mr. Joe is confidence. And merely knocking a, uh, an amount of national insurance or a bit of uh, inheritance tax, or what it happens to be, no, isn't going to do it. They don't trust uh, the, uh, the governments. and they look at the leadership and they're deeply unimpressive. And the problem is when you look turn around and look at the other parties, they're not much better. Um, so I'm, I do fear for Britain at the moment. Now how do we get out of that? Well, my view is, look at the areas which are positive and growing. I know where they are, give me the addresses of where they are. Primarily, they're around the the tech, high tech uh, business parks and centres next to the more developed universities. And as ever, these businesses have now learned to actually uh, create uh, technology businesses and they breed. Once you've got one lot, they tend to actually split up into other areas. But they need the finance to be able to get to the next stage. And we don't have that. Our concept of finance is, is, well, private equity. No, you need a longer term investor for this, not somebody who's going to punt the stuff for you. Um, so what happens is our dear uh, cousins in America come along and say, cracking good company, I tell you what, why don't we take you over to California? And that's what we've been seeing. We start these exciting businesses, great opportunities, and then they go. And why is this happening? Because A, the politicians don't understand it. more worryingly, uh, for those of us of an age uh, and in the United Kingdom will remember Yes Minister, Yes Prime Minister, Um, and you then had Sir Humphrey Appleby, the long-term civil servant, Um, and he knew everything in the entire system, and uh, because he was uh, in a position where he had been in that job for a long time, inside out. You get to the Treasury now, actually it's been like this for for several years, you'll find people perfectly bright, good Oxford graduates and other players as well, done very well, but they've adopted, well done, uh, they're going to the civil service, modern HR policies. Well, that's very good. What does that mean? It means that every three years, you're going to go from, uh, from the Foreign Office, you're going to go to the Treasury. Treasury, Treasury are going to go to sports or something like that. So you're intelligence across a broad range and experts an expert in none, um, which is very sad indeed, because you need to have people in the Treasury who understand what levers need to be pulled in order to get the economy going. And a classic example of this, uh, we saw with, obviously, the Bank of England, which apparently is independent. And of course, it is completely independent. In fact, actually, the uh, government of the Bank of England is appointed by the Treasury. Uh, the four permanent members from the Bank of England are approved of by the Treasury. And the four independent people there uh, also have to be approved of and selected by the Treasury. And there are two members of the Treasury sitting on the meeting. But apart from that, it's completely independent. Um, but it showed over the past few months the stupidity and the lack of experience and knowledge we were putting up interest rates to try and cut inflation. Now, well, hang on a second. When we were Britain 30 years ago, we had high inflation. It was embedded in there. And so we had to find a way of actually cooling the consumer spending. And how do you do that? That's with interest rates. So inflation has gone up this time because of the consumer. No, it's not because of consumer spending. Consumers are feeling extremely bruised. i into the opposite. It was the supply chains, which we saw uh, in the first uh, period of, uh, with COVID and such like. And those supply chains break up. Derek, uh, you know, Derek and me and all those awful consultants you'd have coming through, clutching a copy of the Harvard Business, Harvard business School report. Um, and they all sort of said, right, our idea of this is we're going to take out costs. And, um, and it's, uh, it became a sort of mantra. Uh, and you had to do, for was the business consultants, they knew what they were doing. Unfortunately, what they didn't do was actually provide long term views and opinions. And forgive me for American-American cousins. Look what happened to Boeing. Hi, the global leader in aircraft manufacture. Uh, Not the fact that someone left the bolts off and the door flew open or whatever the issue was. Um, But the point is, there had been real focus on short term development for the shareholder. Hang on. You're making planes here. Now, the key issue is we've got to build planes that work and tend not to fall out of the skies. One. Um, and for sort of, by all means make sure your investors are getting a good return uh, but I have to say again when you look at the rewards that was handed out compared to the risk that was there it's quite unconscionable just like we've seen with the post office as well and why do they say that? well I don't choose my own, uh, my own salary it's done by, a, by we have a separate unit who does that, evaluates international and I have my uh, colleagues who are ex-directors uh, ex, uh, in various companies and it's a sort of golden circle and you suddenly see the same name popping up the entire time, and that's why you see companies almost starting off with this higher level. That's what you're going to have to be to be a director or non executive director, non-executive chairman, uh, without actually realising. Not that's just what the market demands. That's not true. As opposed to actually saying, "I've got the right person to be able to fulfil that job." Sorry, Derek.
0: No, no, that's fine. While we're on interest rates, has um yeah. has the Bank of England's policy brought down inflation, or was it a bit of luck? And the second yeah. question is, how does Chat GPT? fit in to all these new areas
1: right well let's do the first one the answer is uh uh, uh, moving towards the bank of england the bank of england's got only one tool it can use um and that of course is adjusting interest rates so when someone turns around and said oh we've got inflation turn to the bank of england and say now what do you do how are you going to do this well i'll get my magic tool out, which is i can put up interest rates but what what are you going to do to put up interest rates is there isn't a consumer boom this is being caused at the moment because of supply difficulties, grain coming out of Ukraine and other issues. Um, and that's where we saw inflationary pressure coming through. So putting up domestic interest rates doesn't actually do anything to help that at all. What they should have been doing is focusing on how do they help businesses themselves, not by extra grants, certainly not investment from the government, they're used to set it, but by creating the right environments of tax incentives for more business to develop and have the confidence for investors from smaller to larger to be able to develop it but merely saying, I'm going to promise you a a tax cut of X, Y, and Z. You're not going to win an election just on that. Uh, And so go back to your point. Did the Bank of England actually pull inflation down? The answer is No, they didn't. Uh, The issue wouldn't very well start to apply if you had wages being embedded into the inflation cycle. That hasn't really happened yet. Um, So one of the issues I think was uh, uh, awful that you had the Bank of England sleeping on the job was that actually we had emergency banking rates after the crisis. And as the crisis has passed, we left the rates low. Actually, what you should have been doing is letting them grow slowly upwards again. Instead, you're going to have another, I think it's three quarters of a million people this year who are going to be coming off their short-term trackers, going on to something else. And you know the old story, they were on 2%, and now they're going to be paying 4 4.5%. It's a little difference. No, it's double, for God's sake. How people are going to have uh, pay double on their mortgage at a time of their life when they can actually barely keep the electric lights on? Um, this is stupidity of reactive central banks, not really understanding, they've got a great pedigree of background, what the effects are uh, and how do you actually make sure that translates into the real economy and give people that vital word again, confidence.
0: Mm. Okay, what about about artificial intelligence?
1: Well, well, I could do with either, frankly. Um, And uh, it is fascinating because it's one of those things that, again, you're gonna have to go back to definition. What exactly do we mean? The bit I found particularly frightening was talking to some sixth formers and how many of those sixth formers, not just this year, but for the past few years, obviously there weren't sixth formers then, were using AI uh, to be able to help with their uh, their various uh, essays and such like. Now, it's one thing having information off the internet because it's a great encyclopedia of stuff, but actually having a mechanism which is doing the work for you, your brain therefore doesn't have to engage very much. That, I think, is actually very frightening indeed. Um, AI does not mean necessarily we're going to have to have Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger doing Terminator 1, 2, 3, and all the other bits and pieces. Uh, But it's the insidious way that now AIs come in so that sixth formers can actually have someone else writing their papers for them, and it's a lazy way out of it. Uh, So AI can be really dynamic and exciting, but people haven't really gone through really the issues of the risk uh, that's there and uh, how we're going to try and manage it. And of course, again, look at the most recent risk with the Hooties uh, attacking the... uh, uh, tankers and commercial ships up the Red Sea. It's already had a huge impact on container rates and things like that. And one of the most difficult issues is, uh, actually, what you've got, of course, made a lot of containers come from the east to the west, uh, but they're not many going back the other way. And, uh, of course, they're going back the other way through the Suez Canal it was much cheaper, going around the, uh, the Cape of Good Hope, or probably no hope, um, actually is uh, make life more difficult. So, uh, actually, I think it's this issue of understanding what sort of economy we want to have. Yes, it's obviously a capitalist economy. It needs to be managed so it can grow according to the confidence of entrepreneurs and people taking longer term view. Uh, again, going back to Bitcoin, some of the boys and girls I know who thoroughly enjoyed it because they're having a bet on Bitcoin because they knew how to do it uh, because it was something they could do on their, on their PC. Um, uh, whereas old farts like me wouldn't be doing it because, frankly, we didn't understand what it was. I'm not too sure they do either. But what they did know is it's volatile. So price down, buy now, I'm an investment expert. No, you're not. Uh, You've just found another way of going to the horses without the uh, horse belts.
0: Now, come on, what about global conflicts? How are they? Since you've you've been with us for four years, since I've been doing this, uh, the conflicts get worse. Is that because I'm
1: interviewing you or is that because uh, things are getting worse? I think it's one thing particularly British about this, when people sit there and say, oh, we're fighting the old enemy, to which the answer is, which one's at them? And uh, there are not many countries left in the world we haven't actually uh, had a war with. Um, but it is the conflicts, uh, obviously, they've been building up, but don't ever think that they weren't uh, horrors going on uh, anyway, uh, whether you have to look at what was happening in Rwanda um, and other areas, uh, and they're not all resolved. Uh, but the particular issues we've got now is interesting with Ukraine and coming out of Russia. But funny enough, we've managed to manage our way around that not totally in a secure manner, but actually they're not quite as uh, on their knees as they were a couple of years back. Same with the oil price as well. Um, and uh, those, and uh, gas prices, other sources have been found. So they're not so dependent on the Qataris or other key areas which would normally go through uh, the Red Sea. So we've got a little bit more experience with that. So the wrong side of this is of course, what we did in terms of quantitative easing, which is of course a, uh, two words, which if you go to an uh, economic spur, a book of 20 years ago, look at the index, there's no mention on it. It didn't exist. Well, it did exist, said it wasn't called that. Um, and so, position where we've got one trillion of debt, and we've now we've got three trillions of debt. Um, and that's in a space of, what, ugh, 10 years? Um, and I remember after the last crisis we had, and talking to a mate at the Treasury, and with all the quantitative issues, I said, well, I assume we can't be doing that again. He said, too, right, we'll, we'll never be able to do it. Um, we won't uh, you know, have the investor confidence that we had before. Four years later, what are we doing? Exactly the same. Now, t- just add a bit of icing to all the cherry on top of the icing. Uh, I have to say, a fairly incompetent cherry known as Liz Truss, um, who people will say, but she was in encouraging growth. That's motherhood and apple pie. We don't all sit there saying, I oh, want a bit of slow, um, loosening. No, actually what she was doing was damaging Britain's reputation. And what did that cost us? It costs us round about uh, three-quarters of a main point uh, on our uh, on our investments, gov- on government gilts, and that directly affects us. Uh, and give you an idea, our interest payment now, just on our debt, and we've talked about this before, Derek, yeah. uh, used to be about four or five years ago, about 50, 55 billion a year, which is roughly the same level uh, as the defence budget. Now, the figure's going to come up at over 100, probably 110 billion which means it's going to be, you've got the National Health Service, um, pensions, those uh, pots tend to be bigger, um, but actually when, when your interest rates, uh, your, your debt uh, payments uh, start coming up to such levels, this is not sustainable, mm. unless you can give those investors confidence that Britain can work its way out of it. And Britain's reputation over the past few years, which as I, said, I like talking things up, not down, mm. but actually look at that leadership, I am not, I wouldn't be following that with any great excitement, Uh, hopefully waiting for the next wave coming through. But you then have to go back and say, actually, the politicians may be wrong, but we have excellent elements in our economy, which we had the right form of investment coming through. That'll be great for the country. And not just going back to try to make assemble other people's cars and things like that, or having stupid things like HS2, Um, but actually making sure we've got the tax rates there for longer-term investment to help those smaller businesses become medium-sized, and they're the ones who have greater influence. Where is tomorrow's large corporate? And the answer is no idea, because it's just been bought up by Silicon Valley uh, uh, <laughs> investment business.
0: So the final question before we uh, close uh, Monday Night Live, and I invite you back on the 16th of February, live and uncut to the Victory Services Club, where we've been before. And um, of oh, When there's an election in the UK, are the uh, Labour government going to be able to handle it or will they vote Keir Starmer out and put uh, Corbyn back in?
1: No, they're not going to put Corbyn back in. Um, So the reason being, because most of them know full well, that their jobs will be on the line as well. No, quite rightly, uh, whilst uh, 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 Starmer doesn't exactly encourage you. He's not a sort of a, a great leader. You know, come on, boys, follow me out of the trench. And you'll be sitting there saying, no, carry on, sir. We'll come on after you. Um, and so he's not a leader of men. He's a, a technician. Um, and remember uh, his legal background, very good at taking up information, being able to argue the point, but not inspirational leadership um, and getting around him the right people to actually uh, move it to the next stage. So I'm, I'm deeply depressed when it comes to that, uh, look at those leaders. Sorry, what was the second half of the question? I've forgotten.
0: Well, will they will they be able to handle it? He's got a couple ah. of a couple of women sitting both either side of him. They look uh, quite intelligent. and look like they know what they're doing. One worked for the Bank of England, didn't she?
1: Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. So, yeah, what you have to do, just as actually, of course, what Blair did with the prawn cocktail um, uh, uh, war, not war, but marketing, before he came in as prime minister with Mr. Mendelssohn. Um, and that was to actually get city uh, supporting Labour, or wouldn't even I want to say supporting, but at least being not negative about Labour, mm. and see them as a, a credible alternative. And that's what's been happening now, um, but they don't have the talents so that, whether you like them or not, of Blair and Mandelson uh, and the others. There's nothing too inspirational there. But they're heading for the middle ground. Quite rightly, Stalin sort of said, we need to be in that middle ground to win the election. As a bonus, we might even pick up some Scottish um, uh, seats, which you're always in Glasgow, was uh, the wonderful back pocket of the Labour Party. You always knew that Glasgow would vote Labour until they voted Scottish Nationalist. Now, thank heaven for the uh, uh, strange beastie of uh, the ex-leader of uh, Scotland, Mrs Sturgeon, and uh, and, and, the fact that it's hardly covered herself in glory. But I'm afraid when we first had Devolution to create those senates or parliaments. And I looked at Scotland, we're going to end up with, I remember I Scottish my father, donkey years ago, it will end up being the councillors of Lothian and the councillors of Strathclyde, which is basically uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow. And the local councillors of both those uh, areas aren't exactly the most dynamic people uh, to really understand what's going on, as can be seen with the lack of understanding in those companies trying to put in more, more investment in the business. And the most worrying thing, i have seen most recently, is actually uh, the tax—not so much tax rises, sorry, tax cuts—but rises, um, and the cost of being in a, in a, uh, in Scotland and maybe Wales, in due course, will mean that some people turn around and say, "Very nice, but I'm not paying extra tax here. I'll go down to Berwick on Hmm.
0: And that happens all over the uh, all over the world. I'm. Uh... Yeah. Justin, thanks for joining us again today. Yeah. Uh, you're the you always get more people on the on the shows. Thank you so much, and uh, the speed you speak at means that we've covered two hours material in <laughs> half an hour. So that's absolutely well. Everyone brilliant. can
1: go wake up now and get some more interesting. Yeah. Videos, and uh, we'll
0: see you on the 16th of February at the Victory Services Club at uh, at an early hour for a coffee and uh, and to get the session going. Can I ask members of Monday Night Live to give Justin the usual voter thanks in. The normal way that's on uh, thank you. you justin i'll close the uh i'll close the show down now and we'll um we'll have a quick discussion there's some questions in the chat box for you which uh, you, if you can stay on that would be fantastic
1: yeah yeah that's good again that, that, justin, that's I'm, that's I'm right.
0: you. yeah justin thanks for joining us once again
1: okay thank you my pleasure